0: Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of The Bible in Life. I am so glad that you're joining me again. Um, As you listen to this podcast, I am on the Oregon coast where I am speaking at a missions camp called Wanima Week of Missions, and I'm working through the book of Galatians there in six evening sessions, really looking at what really is the gospel and Galatians is really a defense of the gospel and a defense against a distorted version of the gospel. So, I'm going to be wrestling with, man, we still have some distorted versions of the gospel today. And we need to really understand what the whole gospel actually teaches. And Galatians has a lot to say with that. So, that's what I'm doing right now while you're listening to this podcast. So, uh, I'm busy there. If you think about it, say a prayer for those messages that they would be super helpful and super fruitful put to the The people there, the pastors there, the churches and the ministries and missionaries represented there, pray that God would bless these things and bear much fruit through these messages that I'm sharing there, all right? Uh, We have been working through Romans chapter 6 and thinking through um, this whole little section that I, as I said, I believe this has the power to to change your life. I've seen it change people's lives as I've taught this, both in the college environment and the church environment this passage of scripture, man, is powerful, powerful stuff. And so in our uh, in our last podcast, we uh, began answering this first question out of Romans 6, 7, and 8. And the first question is, well, shall we continue to sin so that grace might abound? I mean, our sin led God to be gracious and forgiving our sins. So should we just go on sinning so that grace may abound? And Paul's initial answer to that that we looked at in our last episode was, well, no, because you've died to sin. That sin is contrary to you, uh, who you are now. You've been given a brand new identity with uh, a new ability, a new power. So sin goes against your new identity, who you are now, that you have been crucified with Christ and you've been uh, set free from the power of sin as well. And and so in that particular episode, if you haven't listened to it, last week's episode, you should really listen to that. I said that that, uh, the first way we begin to live that out is by what Paul says, consider yourselves as dead to sin, but alive to God. Verse 11 of chapter 6, he says, you got to think of yourself this way, because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so we have to learn to think of ourselves in this new sort of way, okay? Um, And that's where that's the first step in living this out is, okay, this is who I am. Even though it doesn't always feel that way, I, I don't live by feelings. I live by faith. God said this is what's happened to me. God said this is true about me. So I'm going to take God at his word. I'm going to put my faith in him, and I'm going to trust him that this is who, who I am. And so that even sometimes means we have to tell ourselves that I'm alive to God and dead to sin. I'm alive to God and dead to sin. And we may have to tell ourselves that repeatedly until we begin to believe it's true, studying this passage memorizing parts of this passage, meditating on it, praying it into our soul. So that's what we talked about in uh, at the end of last week's episode as far as living this, this truth out. The, the next little paragraph is the, kind of the follow-up to this where Paul says, now let's live this out, okay? This is your new identity. This is who you are now. Live it. Live who you are. And he begins to talk about that in uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 12. And so I just want to look at Romans 6, 12, 13, and 14 today, mostly 12 and 13, uh, under this question of how do we live out our new identity that has set us free from sin in, by the grace of God, okay? And uh, the first thing I want us to realize is what Paul writes here lets us know that um, even though we're dead to sin, sin's not dead and therefore living free from the power of sin isn't just going to happen overnight and isn't just going to happen automatically it's not like you can just become a christian put your faith in jesus right he talks about getting baptized get baptized wake up the next morning and boom you're like oh yeah i don't have any uh simple desires anymore it's uh, oh yeah piece of cake that's not the way it works all right so You have died to sin, but sin hasn't died. We live um, the way Bible scholars like to talk about us. We live during the overlap of the ages where the the resurrection life and the culture of heaven and the spirit has broken into the here and now, but the here and now still remains. And so we have the old order, the in Adam order, the fallen human order uh, as one layer. And then we have the The spiritual order, the life of heaven, the resurrection power, and the Holy Spirit that is broken into that, and they overlap. And we live at this current uh, time and place in salvation history between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus during the overlap of the ages. Where we now experience tension in our our life because we want to please God, we want to be holy, we want to do what's right but the old order still remains, and and so there's this tension, okay? And as we understand that then, we understand that uh, we are dead to sin, but sin's not dead. It's still alive and well. And not only that, we're not just going to drift into holiness. It's not just going to happen automatically. It's going to take effort on our part, and, and God, by his grace, will empower that effort as we walk with him and cooperate with him. All of that's to set up what he says in Romans chapter 6, verse 12. Listen. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its desires. And don't go on presenting the parts of your body, the members of your body, to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God." That sentence, Romans 6, 12, and 13, incredibly profound, incredibly powerful for how we live a holy life in this world, and incredibly down to earth, very concrete, even if very broad, okay? And I... I I want to walk through that sentence and help us understand what Paul is actually saying so that we can do what he says. So notice it begins in verse 12 where he says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its desires. Now, Paul has just written an entire paragraph, Romans 6, 1 through 11, saying, Oh, you're freed from the power of sin, right? You've died to sin. You were crucified with Christ, right? That you might be freed from sin. But now he says, don't let sin reign. And I want you to hear that tension because I want you to hear how realistic and down-to-earth Paul's theology is. You are free from sin, so don't let sin rule you. And that's... You gotta you gotta believe both of those. We don't wanna overstate either one of those. Oh, sin's a power and we're gonna be in bondage to it. There's nothing we could do. No, that's not true. Um, we've been set free from it, right? At the same time, we've been set free from sin, and yet we're gonna have to put some effort into living that freedom out. It's not gonna happen on accident, and it's not gonna happen automatically. And so I just love how Paul and just, you know, in the span of one paragraph to the next can present this tension for us so we understand we don't want to go too far one way or the other, all right? And so we're, we're freed from the power of sin, but sin is still alive and well on planet Earth, so we have some work to do. And he, the way Paul frames up that work in verse 12 is, therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its desires. Um, that's the way we've got to do it, all right? We are free from the power of sin, but sin's not in charge anymore, so we're not going to let sin be in charge anymore. We're not going to we're not going to give sin the opportunity to be in charge anymore. My my standard analogy for this is the idea of um, you changing jobs, which means you have a new boss, and then so you leave your old job and you start your new job, and you've got a you know you've got a new job, you've got a new boss, you work for a new company. You would never. We would think this is silly if anyone did this. You would never, um, before you get in the car to go to your new job, um, you know, to where you work now. You would never get your phone out, call your old boss at your old job, and say, "Hey, I'm about ready to go to work, uh, but is there anything you need me to do today for you?" Right? You you would never give your old boss the opportunity to give you orders. Because that's not who you are anymore. You don't work for him anymore. That's sort of the imagery that Paul is dealing with here in Romans chapter six. In fact, uh, we'll keep reading down through this chapter in the weeks to come, um, where Paul is going to very explicitly use that imagery. So just bear that in mind. We'll flesh that out a little bit more. But that's kind of what Paul's getting at: is um, you have died to sin, and sin is no longer in charge. Don't let sin be in charge. Don't give sin the opportunity to be in charge. Don't let sin rule, reign, like reign is the idea of reign as king. Don't let sin have authority over you. And over, he specifically says in verse 12, your mortal body. Don't let sin reign over your mortal body that you should obey its desires. Uh, in other words, what you do with your body, where you go with your body, the way uh, the way you organize your life, do it in such a way that sin doesn't stir up sinful desires that make you do things that are contrary to who you are now. So you have to rearrange your life. And that's exactly what Paul goes into then in verse 13. Notice what he says. There's this rearranging of our life. How do we not let sin rule and reign in our mortal body? Well, you rearrange your life and that has two aspects to it or two parts to it in verse 13. First part is this. Don't go on presenting the members of your body to sin. Don't go on offering the part to your body to sin. Don't call your old boss. That's the imagery. Don't call your old boss. Uh, you don't present yourself to him, anything I can do for you today before I go to my new job, that's presenting the parts of your body to your old boss to do what he wants you to do. Don't go on doing that. We would never do that on the job, so why do that in the way we carry out our life for God? God's our new boss. We don't present our uh, the parts of our body to our old boss, sin anymore, to do what he wants, so don't go on presenting the members of your body, the idea of members is the parts of your body, what you do with your body, your eyes, your hands, your feet, right? Don't go on offering the parts of your body to sin because he's not your boss anymore. He's no longer in charge as instruments of unrighteousness, as tools to do his unrighteous bidding. So you're going to, you're going to, Get rid of some habits. There's going to be places you don't go. There's going to be people you don't talk to. There's going to be books you don't read. There's going to be movies you don't watch. There's going to be music you don't listen to, because in doing in doing those things, that would be like offering the parts of your body to to sin. It stirs up sinful desires in you. If, for example, um, watching movies where you know there's a you know shoot 'em up kind of movies stirs up a lot of hostility in you and a lot of adrenaline and, and makes you more impatient, then it's like, well, I, I know that impatience is contrary to who I am and patience and kindness is who I now am in Christ. I, I'm not going to offer the parts of my body to impatience. So for the time, at least, I'm just not going to watch those movies because it stirs up things in me that aren't healthy and good. I'm not going to, right? So I'm not going to offer myself to that. Do you see how concrete that is? That's what I mean. This is so down to earth and so concrete, even if it's broad. So you know you. You know your life. You know what stirs up sinful passions and sinful desires in you. You know the kinds of things your old boss sin used to boss you around in. Well, now you're you're just not going to make it easy for him to call your name anymore. You're not going to make it easy for him to boss you around in those things. You're going to do that by not presenting yourself to him, by removing certain things in your life. Um, when I was in high school, one of the ways that uh, sin used to boss me around was with sexual temptation, sexual lust, and all that. Praise God, it was before the internet, and so there wasn't some of the, the temptations there are today. So the temptation usually showed up in the form of magazines. One of the ways I tried not to present my, the parts of my body to sin as a teenager who wanted to please God was if I was shopping at a store... And I needed something that was at the end of an aisle, but the aisle was the magazine aisle, and I didn't want to pa- walk past those magazines because the covers of those magazines you know, would be a way that Sim would be calling my name. Oh, do this. Oh, do that. You should look at this. You should try that. If that was the case, I didn't want to walk past the magazine aisle. So I would actually go down a different aisle, come around, and come back up to what I needed at the far end of that aisle so I didn't have to walk past the magazine cover and present the parts of my body to sin so that sin could call my name and say, ooh, look at me, try this, check this out, right? We all have to do that. We all have to rearrange our life and say there's certain places I'm not going to go, certain people I just can't hang out with, certain music I'm not going to listen to. There's just certain things I'm not going to do because in doing them, I'm presenting myself to sin. And I'm not going to do that anymore. So don't go on presenting the parts of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but instead, second half of verse 13, but instead present yourselves to God. He's your new boss now. He's who you work for now. He's who you live for now. So present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead. Remember, you're alive to God and dead to sin. That relationship with sin has ended and now you're alive to God in a whole new way. And that relationship is now coming to life in a whole new way. So present yourself to him. Um, Wake up and offer yourself to him. God, I am your faithful servant and your humble child. What would you like me to do today? And you offer yourselves to him, your whole self. God, I am totally yours. Whatever you want, I want. And so, God, open my eyes and open my heart to what you want me to do. And you offer yourself to God. Not only that, he says, uh, offer yourselves to God as those alive from the dead in this new loving relationship with God, your Heavenly Father, and offer the parts of your body as instruments of righteousness to God. And so instead of offering the parts of your body to sin... Offer the parts of your body as instruments of righteousness to God. And so, um, very concrete, tangible actions. You, you've got to take bodily action and retrain your body to be attuned to and in step with God and his ways and break the sinful habits. We talked about in last week's episode how sin gets into our body and there's these residual habits of the body, muscle memory, and we respond certain ways. Well, you're going to have to retrain your body by intentional bodily action where you present the parts of your body to God as tools and instruments for his righteous purposes. And so, man, that's, reading your Bible and praying, that's a bodily activity where you intentionally schedule time and say, I'm going to, I'm offering myself to God. And so I'm going to go to bed earlier so I can get up earlier so I can read my Bible and pray, or I'm going to turn off the TV a half an hour earlier. So I can, the last thing I can do is read my Bible and pray. It's a bodily activity where I'm retraining this body towards righteous purposes. Uh, I'm going to fast once a month or once a week so that as a way to say, God, I'm giving up something good for the sake of something better. Retrain my body to want you. And we begin to offer the parts of our body to God. That's what he's getting at in this text is we we offer ourselves to God, our new Lord, our new master, who's loving and kind. And we want to serve him. And we rearrange what we do with our body for that purpose. and And so we present ourselves to God. And so there's habits of we're not going to present ourselves to sin, so there's habits of putting off. We get rid of certain things. And we're going to intentionally present ourselves to God, so there's habits of putting on. We put on some new habits. We begin to do different things with our body, so that we, and we do it as a way of offering ourselves to God. Because the connection with God, the relationship with God, the attachment to God is the most important thing. And so we don't just do these as a religious checklist. We do act, new activities as a way of offering ourselves to God. God, here I am. Uh, come and meet me here. Strengthen me through your grace. Teach me your ways. And we offer ourselves to God. And God changes us as we do that. And then Paul ends this little paragraph with sort of a setup sentence for the next paragraph. For sin's not going to be master over you anymore. He's not in charge of your life anymore. You don't have to do that anymore. For you're not under law, but under grace. And he brings up the law because that's law has been complicit with sin. That's where he's going to go next. And so we'll pick that up in our next episode, this idea of how being free from the law also leads to freedom from sin. And we'll talk about that next time. This time, I want you to really take take stock as an action step of your life. Examine your life. Are there, are there ways you can put new habits in place in your life that'll help you grow in faith? Uh, habits of presenting yourself to God. Are there habits in your life that's like, I need... I need to get rid of this habit. I need to put that off because that that's unwittingly presenting myself to sin. It stirs up sinful desires and sinful passions and that's not helpful. So I need to put that off. And um, So just examine your life. What, what are maybe some things you need to put off, get rid of that aren't helping you walk with God? And What are some things you need to put on that will actually help you walk with God and grow in faith? What are those new habits of presenting yourself to God? And as you do that, Offer yourself to God, and God in his grace will come and meet with you, and you will be changed from the inside out. It won't happen automatically, it won't happen accidentally, and it won't happen overnight, but it'll happen intentionally and progressively and increasingly as we present ourselves to God and rearrange our life to do different things with our body so that God can be front and center and the hub of our life and our whole life can revolve around him. All right, there you go. That's Paul's complete answer last week and this week to his first question. Should we go on sinning that grace may abound? May it never be because sin is contrary to who we are now. So rearrange our life to live who we are. That's how we live the Christian life. All right. Thank you for tuning into the Bible Life. If, if, You would. Would you just spread the word about the Bible in life? Would you let people know about it? Would you share it by word of mouth with your friends? Would you send a text or post it on social media and just let people know so that people can find people who want to grow in their faith and people who are hungry to know God and people who really want to understand the Bible? Man, you you might know people like that that I don't know. And if so, would you share the Bible in life with them so that they can uh, find this Bible teaching and hopefully they can be built up in their faith and grow in their faith as well? Uh, thanks for doing that. Thanks for sharing the Bible in Life with your friends and your family members that way. And also, bear in mind, just remember that the Bible in Life is a listener supported show. So, if you're able to, to chip in for as little as five bucks on my Patreon page, you can be a patron of the Bible in Life and you can actually receive some bonuses over there a bonus podcast and some other things so i'll put the link to the patreon page down below or you can donate through world family mission as well that's available on my website if you just go to johnwhitaker.net, you can donate there and support the show and really help me continue to create bible teaching online resources so that we can all grow in our faith together so that we can please god more and we can live the kind of life that we we long to live that god has called us to live. all right so thank you for your generous support continue to pray for this ministry that God will bless it and, and make it fruitful. Um, God bless you guys, and we will see you in the next episode.